everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited that you're here today. Dorenda and I have been uh, talking about uh, the culture, what's happening in the yes. culture. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, the other day we talked about depression and right. dealing with depression and how it's, it's real. It is, you know, and, and not to, not to just brush it aside or say, oh, that doesn't exist or, right. or, or for heaven forbid, throw a Bible at somebody and tell them to go, exactly. you know, read it somewhere, right. but to really walk through each other, mm-hmm. uh, through with each other in mm-hmm. honesty, but stay grounded in yes. the word of God. Absolutely. And today we want to talk about hope and uh, what that looks like. I said yesterday, you know, we have a president in office right now, Barack Obama, who was elected on two words. Uh, Dorinda, what are those two words? Hope and change. Hope and change. And uh, really, I don't care who the president is, we're not going to find hope and change in a president. No. The Bible says that that God has a solution to our problems. That's right. Not a political party or a political entity. First mm-hmm. Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That's God right. has a solution for us. Mm-hmm. He's saying, look, I get that mm-hmm. you, I mean, God was tempted, right? Jesus was tempted. The Bible says he hasn't gone through anything that we haven't gone through. That's right. right. Or we haven't gone through anything. I guess you can say that the other way around. Right. Might be more respectful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that he has a solution. He has hope. And I, I wanted to start, I love uh, listening to Beth Moore and I've listened to her for years and years. Um, but she wrote a book uh, several years ago called Get Out of That Pit. If you haven't, I'm, I'll link back to it at the podcast today. If you haven't read it, I hope that you will. But her point toward the end of the book, she's talking about deliverance, which is what we want to talk to you about today and where hope comes from. And she tells a story of a guy named Carolina. And I just want to read it to you. It says, Carolina was one of those secondhand wonders. Nick named for his South Carolina roots. He's been behind bars of four American prisons and in three different states and is currently serving a life sentence in Louisiana's Angola prison, which if you don't know much about the prison system, Angola is a hardcore prison. Mm. Like it's not known for a, fl- it's not a fluffy prison. This right. is where hardened criminals go. It'd be a hard place, I wow. guess uh, I would think to exist amid thousands of hardcore inmates in what had been long labeled the bloodiest prison in America. Carolina had an inordinate taste for violence that once earned him the reputation of one of Angola's most dangerous prisoners. Hmm. Get a load of his story. So listen to this. Five years ago, Carolina signed up for a three-day in-prison ministry retreat. I only went for the free food, he said. I was plotting a very violent act, and I figured this would be my last free world food. (sighs) To me, God was a fairy tale, and anyone who Hmm. believed in him was a fairy. After a day at the retreat, he was bored and getting anxious to leave. He became so agitated that the facilitator started to panic. And then suddenly, with no preliminaries, no prayer, no blinding lights or trumpets, God just took hold of the violence and bitterness and took it right out of my heart, he said. Mm. I knew it was gone because I'd lived with it for 44 years. Wow. I thought I just lost my mind. And then I heard Jesus say, I love you. It sounded like words from speakers in a concert. Every joint of my body felt Jesus say, I love you. Mm. I started crying and I cried for two weeks. I hadn't cried since I was seven years old. Oh my goodness. And Jesus had him hook, line, and sinker. I have a feeling nobody calls him a fairy though. Carolina might still be in a cell, but he's no longer in a pit. Hmm. I love that she said that. Just the recognition that even though this guy is going to serve out the rest of his life in a prison cell for what he did, he's been set free. That's right. It it doesn't matter your circumstances. Yep. He's been set free. God's grace is sufficient for every need. 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 8. And God will, here we are with the wills again, Mm -hmm. and God will generously provide 
all that you need. Then you will have everything that you need and plenty left over to share with others. Right, right. Oh, that's great. That segues right into 2 Corinthians 1, verse 4, where he says, he comforts us in all our affliction so that Mm. we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Mm. You know, that tells me that God's going to use whatever happens to me. Absolutely. He's not going to waste anything that he is, that his uh, his grace is there for me to take hold of. That's right. That his grace is abundant. I should have so much left over that right. I should be able to extend it to somebody else. Exactly. And he has said that he doesn't waste anything, that he works everything out for our good and mm-hmm. for his glory. There's mm-hmm. a purpose in it. And mm-hmm. at the time, it, it feels like it, it feels pointless. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, our feelings mm-hmm. are saying this, this is pointless. But the truth is that God can use it mm-hmm. and he will use it. And we just need to keep um, bringing it to him and asking him what he wants in all of it and yes. just continuing to go back to yeah. him because he's going to fill us. And the thing that I love about this verse that I just read is it's easy when, when if we don't suffer any kind of difficulty, we don't have compassion for others. That's right. And this, I know for me, the times that I have felt this way, had that those feelings of hopelessness or depression or whatever, when I've come back out of it, I've had so much more compassion for other people who mm-hmm. have, you know, suffered, maybe not in the same exact way, but there's a, there's a, it softens you. It does. It softens mm-hmm. you and it gives you that compassion that, that Christ had. Yeah. It's like people. a woman who's had breast cancer can minister mm-hmm. to another woman with breast cancer a lot more than someone who's never experienced Absolutely. it. That God, that God will use it. I love Romans eight twenty eight, and I know we've all heard it a million times, so I'm going to read it again because I want to point something out. And we know this is from the NLT mm-hmm. and we know that God causes all things to work together for good right. of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So, so, you know, I think that a lot of times we take that verse and we go, God causes all things to work together for good, but we leave out the fact that that's actually conditional. Right. He says he causes all things to work together for good for those who love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the NIV says, we know that, that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Right. And I guess, you know, I want to ask you, as if you're, if you're listening to this, how are you demonstrating in your life that you love God? Mm-hmm. Are you, are we going to God like he's some sort of a jukebox that we, you know, we plug in the song that we want to hear and God spits it out and plays it right. for us? Right. You know, do we go to God only when we have a laundry list of things that we need um, delivered mm-hmm. from or we need? Mm-hmm. answers for, you know, God is saying, walk in relationship with me every day. That's right. And he's saying, the Bible says that God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And then we read all throughout scripture that God knows our heart. That's right. He searches our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, David said, try me mm-hmm. and see if there's any wicked way in me. Search my heart, oh God. That's right. You know, God's asking us to walk in right relationship with him. And that's a really good point. Um, I wanted to say this earlier that um, often when I've gone through times like this, I have been able to look back at it and realize that that feeling that I had, that depression or whatever it is I was feeling, that blanket, there was a red flag that God was waving to get my attention because he had something he wanted to talk to me about. Absolutely. And it got my attention. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the point is, what are you going to do with it? You care what he's saying. Exactly. What is, you know, what a a true believer is going to go, okay, Lord, here I am. And that's being called according to his purpose. You want to walk that out Mm -hmm. and you walk that out by going to him and saying, okay, this mm-hmm. is going on. Mm-hmm. What do you want, Lord? What, what is it? Want? And sometimes it takes a while to get that answer. But mm-hmm. honestly, I have felt the Lord um, work my heart over during mm-hmm. that waiting mm-hmm. time and prepare me for it's what like he wanted to It's like a rototiller to, to your yes. soul. <laughs> exactly. 
Like, yeah. And yeah. then by the time he speaks to me, I am ready to hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like with our kids when we're disciplining them, they're, the, timing is everything. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, if they're already overwhelmed by something else or they're angry or upset about something else, I don't want to talk to them about this issue over here. I need to let them calm down. I need to pray yeah. for them and wait for the right time. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord does the same thing with us because he's very gracious. Mm-hmm. He knows we would yes. be overwhelmed yep. if he told us what he mm-hmm. wants to tell us in yeah. that moment. Yeah. Well, we have that with our children. Like exactly. I took my, I took my daughter, all of them, um, cause we're switching insurances, which we should talk about sometime on the podcast. That would be fun. Uh, I took them all in for immunizations the other day and the youngest one who I wasn't sure how she would react to the knowledge that she was going to get two little pokes in her arm. So I didn't tell her, I right. gave her just enough information to get her where I needed her. And then I said, we're going to, you remember, do you remember Daniel right. Tiger's neighborhood? <laughs> you know, and how you shots are good. You know, the shot is, it hurts for a minute, but in the right. end, it's going to be good for you. It's going to help protect you against right. certain diseases. And, uh, and I, I know my, my daughter, my older daughter was like, aren't you going to tell her what's happening? I'm like, heck no, because <laughs> I don't want her freaking out and crying exactly. and screaming. There's no point exactly. in that. And I it, think God kind of does that with us. Right. Well, it's you a know, parent. He's not going to show us the whole big thing because exactly. we'd be like, never mind. <laughs> Turn around, go home, you know, kick and scream all the way to wherever it is God wants us to go. Exactly. I didn't want her to kick and scream all the way to the doctor's office. And it's the parent doing what they believe is in the best interest of their child whatever mm-hmm. that is. And, and that's God's right in our life. Exactly. Yeah. To be able to do what he believes, what he knows the Bible says, yeah. um, is in the best interest of his kids. I love that Paul said this in every translation that I'm reading, they use the word no. And we know that in all God, that in um, all things, God works together. We know mm-hmm. this, like what really, what God's asking us to do is live it out. Right. Is uh, live it out. And we've said this before on the podcast, but I'll say it again. Our lives are speaking for how much we trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. Are we freaking out every time right. something bad happens to right. us? You know, or are we uh, exploding on social media? Are mm-hmm. we, you know, are we digging ourselves a hole and burning bridges and all kinds of things? And God is saying, be still. That's right. Be still and know that I'm God. Boy, if that's not a hard thing to do sometimes. It's very hard. Yeah. But you look at Jesus. I was thinking about this the other day, how he lived his life. Mm-hmm. You know, you find him at the most tumultuous of times when he, and he was quiet. Like mm-hmm. he, when the storm was raging on the Sea of Galilee and the disciples were all freaked out, he was taking a nap. Mm-hmm. He was chilling, right? This is the God of the universe, totally chilling. You know, so many things, so many instances you can read in the Bible where he, he by earthly standards, right? you'd think, why are you not like mm-hmm. opening up your can mm-hmm. right now, right? right. <laughs> why aren't you freaking out on these people? But here there was a peace because he was there to do his father's his father's will. And he trusted. And he trusted Fully his and completely in God's intentions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for what he was doing in yeah. his ministry there and yeah. his life on and earth. And it wasn't that he didn't suffer. No. And it, and it wasn't that he didn't feel, I mean, there, there. you think of the Garden of Gethsemane when mm-hmm. he was like, please, Lord, Father, if there's any way that this could pass from me, take this cup from me, mm-hmm. you know, but then it ultimately he said, not my will, but yours. Right. That is trust. Mm-hmm. That is hope, that his hope uh, was in the Lord. It is. And and we're walking that out in front of our kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as moms, because I know we're talking to a lot of moms right now, um, we live our life in front of our kids, um, mm-hmm. our faith at a street level mm-hmm. in front of our kids. Yep. And they they see everything and they know whether we really believe what we say we believe. Yep. And they're the first ones to spot hypocrisy. <laughs> and they're not afraid to point <laughs> it out. They're not afraid to point it out. <laughs> Especially as they get older, as they're yeah. teenagers, you know. And we we'd made a hard decision to, you know, to to sell our home and 
um, move towards being debt free. And it's mm-hmm. it's a, it's our dream home. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's the home we dreamed of having, and we're laying it down and giving mm-hmm. it back to the Lord because that's what He's asked us to do. And um, one of our kids said to us, um, "How do I know that you're making a, you aren't making a decision that's good for you, but not good for us?" <laughs> so that pretty much nailed me to the wall. Um, <laughs> but at that point, you know, I said, you know, what is our reputation? Do we make decisions like that? Do we make decisions that are just good for us mm-hmm. and not good for all of you guys? And yeah. he said, no. Yeah. And I said, well, nothing has changed. Yeah. And it's the same and way with God. God is. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I mean, so many stories we can think of as parents, mm-hmm. really, that, that that has to be, you know, God's heart toward us. I love Hebrews 6. Uh, 19 through 20, it says, we have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has already gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having Mm. become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now I'm, I love that he's basically, I love the imagery because you Mm -hmm. know me, I love any, any type of imagery in scripture and I'm all over it. So he's basically saying, Paul is saying that we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for mm-hmm. our soul. So mm-hmm. picture your soul. Right. This 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 hope in Jesus is anchoring That's you. Right. That's what anchors you. Mm-hmm. It's not the world that wait, rages around you. It's mm-hmm. not our trust in something else. It's our hope in right. God that anchors us. Psalm 42:5 says, "Why are you downcast? Why are you disquieted, my soul?" He's talking he's talking to his inner man. And then he's reminding himself again, David's David is basically I think I can picture him speaking this out mm-hmm. loud. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Wow. You know, and he's, this David, people were trying to kill that guy, right? right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was in he, a bad spot. He was in kind of a bad spot and he made some pretty bad choices. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, David, you know, was, we had this, this issue of adultery and murder, kind of a bad rap, right? Right. But God said he saw his right. heart. Yeah. God looked beyond that. And David put his trust in God. He repented. Right. And put his trust in God. Absolutely. Yeah. My husband and I were just talking the other day about how many people in the Bible that God used so mightily and they messed up so many times. And so I just, I find that encouraging as as a human being and also as a parent, (laughs) you know, God's grace does cover so many of our mistakes. Not that we just, you know, willy nilly do whatever. Mm -hmm, We we try to be as intentional as we can, but we're never going to be a perfect parent. And God knows that and he loves us and he loves our kids and he has our best interest in mind. And your hope in God um, is never, never misplaced. You know, you can tell your children, look, my confidence is in the Lord. And we That's tell right. our kids that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Duran and I are kind of in an interesting place because we put our houses up for sale right about the same time. <laughs> we did. Um, and your house sold and mine didn't. Right. And it was pretty clear. I mean, your house very clear how God said right. yes and very clear how God told me no. no. Yeah. Um, and uh, right before we discovered this isn't what God wants. I got a book offer from uh, Tyndale, and I'm going to be writing for them. And it's not a good season for me to be moving. Upheaval, all right? Yeah, it's not. It's not a good time for our family to be up moving and and to be able to trust the Lord. It's interesting to watch our kids walk through this because mm-hmm. when we told our kids, "Hey, we're going to put our house up for sale," and basically just so Lord, you know, right. since I'm on the road all the time, we thought it'd be better for our kids if we lived more central in the United States. And God just flatly said no. But mm-hmm. before He said no, our kids were all basically in that position of going. Are we really going to do yeah. this? And yeah. one of my kids said, Mom, we cannot move from the Pacific Northwest. We are Northwest people. We are Oregon people. We are Washington people. And I looked right at her and I said, no, we're not, honey. 
We're Jesus people. That's right. Like we've got to go where God calls mm-hmm. us because our hope is in him. Right. Our hope is not in our family. It's not in our location. It's not in a house. It's not in security or comfort. That's right. Our hope comes in the Lord. And the Bible says that hope does not disappoint, that hope in God uh, doesn't disappoint. That's right. That's right. We, we had a similar situation where um, one of our kids was really, just really, he really, really struggled with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at one point, he was angry, just outright mm-hmm. angry. And we were having a, a, a discussion. And um, I just finally said, you know, I'm really sorry that you don't like this decision, that this makes you so unhappy. Yeah. I said, but if we have to choose between pleasing you and pleasing God, we we have to please God. Yeah. We have to obey yeah. Him. And your kids need to see you do that because they're they going to do. be doing the same thing someday with their children. Right. And, and I can honestly say after several conversations like that and us just sharing our hearts with Him, His heart is softened mm-hmm. and He's he's still not excited about it, mm-hmm. but He's jumping in and doing mm-hmm. the work that needs mm-hmm. to be done. And it's just... But it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hard. It's not an easy process. No, and know? following God is not always That's easy. Right. It's not easy, but it mm-hmm. is. It is a rewarding, and mm-hmm. it, there is joy and peace, and hope in it. We're going to leave you today with Romans fifteen, uh, verse thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's mm-hmm. telling you that. When that hope comes from God, it's not going to come from, it's not going to come from a president. It's not going to come from political parties. not going to come from homeschooling. Hope comes from the Lord. Real hope. Right. Real hope. Real change. That's right. Is only ever found in Jesus. We're going to be talking about the culture. This will be good uh, in our next podcast, a culture and spiritual decline. So I hope that you'll join us back here. And in the meantime, put your hope in the Lord, get together with the Lord and talk to him. He wants to hear you today. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.